So open up your Bible with us this morning. We, we began a series uh, uh, last week. It's going to be in the book of 1 Peter. We call it a book. It was really a letter. Yeah. Uh, if you just open up to 1 Peter, and we're going to read through. It won't be up on the PowerPoint, so this is why if you have a device or you have a Bible, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and one of the ushers will get you a Bible. Uh, we're going to read through the first 16 verses, so our goal today is to get through 1 to 16. We kind of gave this introduction last week. Um, we got through four. We got through four verses. Well, that's all right. <laughs> and we could have gone long, longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just uh, begin with prayer before we approach the Word of God. Father, we honor you, Lord. We thank yes. you that we have a Bible. We thank you that we have the Word of God yes. in front of us in our hands, Lord. And as we read and think upon your Word this morning, as we meditate, we ask you, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher of the church. We ask you to unveil truth to us. Reveal new things to us, Lord, things that we haven't heard before, things that we didn't understand before. Yes. And I pray, Father, that as we allow you to do this in our heart, that it would encourage us, that it would strengthen us in our spirit to want to walk with you, Lord, and then it would challenge us yes. also and even convict us where we need to be convicted, Lord, because your goal is to conform us into your image. And so we are here, Lord. We sit at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, First Peter chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 1 and read to 16. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exile scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and yeah. sprinkled with his blood. Mm. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, reserved and kept for you in heaven. You who through faith are being guarded by God's power mm. until the coming of the salvation that is already to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine mm -hmm. and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 8, though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 10. The prophets who prophesy of the grace that was intended for you searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. They sought to find out whom or when was this to come, which is the Spirit of Christ working in them was indicating that he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. 
And now this good news has been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Into these things the very angels long to look. Therefore, brace up your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who calls you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Amen. 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 Thus saith the Lord. And, right. and so this book of First Peter was written by the Apostle Peter, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb of, of Jesus. And it was written about 30 years after the death and resurrection of Christ. Okay, so he wrote it to the early churches that had been scattered uh, outside of Jerusalem. Uh, to, into the region that were scattered where this letter is directed mm -hmm. is, is this region of Turkey, which is now modern-day Turkey. And so Peter writes this very first verse we just put up on the screen, verse number one. It says, to God's elect, exiles and, uh, that are scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, we put those up on the screen because sometimes you can read those words and just go, blah, 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 blah. I don't know where those are. <laughs> Anybody do that? <laughs> just saying. You know, it's easy to do. It's like, I don't know where this is, but it's somewhere. Well, okay, let's go to the, we put a map up on the screen to try to help you understand where these regions were. Like, if you, if you see down to the lower right, that little circle in red, that's Jerusalem. That's where Israel would be. It's labeled as Palestine, okay? Mm -hmm. And so these churches, if you look to the upper right, you see the names written there. There's Asia written there. There's Galatia. Mm -hmm. You see it, Pontus, Cappadocia. So these are the provinces. That's where, that's where modern-day Turkey is. But this is where these churches were had scattered. And so Peter is writing to the churches in that area. And these churches had... Pastors and elders mm -hmm. in them, because as we get to chapter 5, we're going to see how the Peter addresses how they are to lead and treat the flock of God that God's given them oversight over. So we know these were established churches. Right. And it's interesting, uh, when you look at the history of how the church came into being and how it's scattered and where it went, it's thought that some of the, the Jewish uh, People, men that came to Jerusalem, this was, if you go with me, think with me 30 years prior, okay? Yeah. Peter's writing this in 63, 80. Think 30 years prior in 33, after Jesus died and was raised from the dead, it's thought that there were Jewish men that came to Jerusalem, to that area where the little circle is, on the day of Pentecost, and to celebrate the Old Testament feast of Pentecost. Right. Okay, so... In Acts 2, and we're going to just read from Acts 2. So if yeah, you hold you your. Want to turn there to Acts yeah, 2. Yeah, hold your finger there in 1 Peter and <laughs> go to Acts 2. Hold your finger there. If we keep going, we're going to have all 10 of them working. <laughs> <laughs> but it's thought that some of the leaders of those churches were actually 
some of the men 30 years prior that uh -huh. had come to this Old Testament feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem because in Acts chapter 2, it says that there were God-fearing men, Jews who came from all over the entire region uh, in the known world, they came to celebrate this feast. If, let's go to the next map. I'm going to put this next one up. Now, you see where Jerusalem is there and all the arrows that go out? What scripture says here is that men came from this area, Cappadocia, Pontus. Let me just find it in, my, in Acts chapter 2. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Mm -hmm. It says, Now there were then residing in Jerusalem Jews, devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven. See, they came for this feast. And when the sound was heard, now this is, this is the day of Pentecost, the New Testament Pentecost. You know, Jesus had told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem for what my father promised because I want you to be endued with power from on high to be a witness for me. Uh -huh. And so they went up into that upper room, 120 of them, and they waited. They prayed and they waited. And then it said in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind yeah. into the room and said it filled the whole house and, and it filled them with the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire rested upon their heads and they all began to speak in this heavenly language in other tongues. And so what happened was now we have these men also coming from all these regions and it's verse 6 says, and when this, this sound was heard, the multitude came together and they were astonished and bewildered because each one heard them speaking mm -hmm. in their own particular dialect. And they were beside themselves with amazement saying, aren't all these people talking Galileans? <laughs> Verse 8, then how is it that we hear each of us in our own particular dialect in which we were born? Parthenians, verse 9, and go. Medes. Now see, these are the people that were all there from all this region. The Elamites, the inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, mm -hmm. Cappadocia, Pontus. There you go. Asia, here's the names that Peter was writing to, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya about Cyrene, and, and transient residents from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians too. We all hear them speaking in our own native tongues, telling of the mighty works of God. Hallelujah. And they were all beside themselves with amazement and were puzzled and bewildered, saying to one another, like, what can this mean? You can imagine. But others made a joke of it, verse 13, mm -hmm. and said derisively, they're just simply drunk with, full with sweet wine. And I think, well, that must have been a joyous, happy bunch. <laughs> kind of like what I sort of feel like in worship sometimes. Yeah. Like this morning, Come it was on. like, yeah, God, just do more, like fill me more, like over to overflow. Amen. And so when they were speaking in other languages, Again, the Jews think that they were drunk. Yeah, they must have been smiling too and going, glory, I shut up. I mean, I yes, speak and I pray hallelujah. in tongues. And yep. so there was an overflow that happened in, in and, that moment. And Peter, you know, Remember Peter as a fisherman? He's the one that was always bold and brash, and so he continues his personality here. He steps up and, and he says, hey, these aren't drunk like you suppose. It says in the last days God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and this is what Joel prophesied. And so the last days started in the day of Pentecost. 
Yeah. And so let's pick it up in verse 17. And it shall be in the last, this is Peter speaking. This, and he's quoting Joel right here. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I'll pour forth of my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. So here we go. Here's Peter preaching with boldness because that's what the Holy Spirit will give you. Boldness to be a witness. It's power from on high. And he's, he's telling these people that they need to repent. Repent and be saved. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like the 120. Exactly. So they would be able to have the power to be a witness to go back to their places that they came from. Yeah. Yeah. And this, just take a look at verse 39. So if you have any questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible can answer them. Verse 39 says, Peter speaking, for the promise of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Spirit is for you, your children, and all that are far away, as many as the Lord bids to come. Is he still bidding to come? He is still bidding to yes, come. Yes, he is. You bet. This is for you today if you're born again. If you're not born again, you can be born again today and filled with the Holy Ghost today. Yes. And, you know. You know, the truth is, the thought was that these God-fearing Jews that came into Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, uh, they, the people who went and that, are, that Peter is writing to, the elders and, and the overseers of these churches, they believe that they were part of the 3,000 of that day that got born again and saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then, then what did they do? Well, they went they back, went back the... home and started to establish churches. They were exuberant about not having to do everything that was in the law, that Jesus had set them free, that Jesus did what the law could not do, and that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So they went back to their home, and they're, they're spreading the gospel back there. They're establishing these churches. So six, well, 30 years later... That's when this letter is written to the churches there. What would happen that one church would get it, they would take it to the next church in that area, to the next church in that area, to the next church in that area. And I believe what happened is when it came to the church, it was so anointed that they wrote it down so they wouldn't lose it. So then after they wrote it, they gave it to the next church, and the next church did the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. So I believe that these churches were born out of the strength of the Holy Spirit that day. <clears throat> they would have known that Peter was a pillar of the church because he's the one preaching. 
They would have known that he was with yeah. Jesus Christ for those three years, and he was a disciple. He was one of the apostles of the Lamb, like Pastor yeah. Mamie had said. Like she's quoting the, yeah. the scripture, no, I didn't say but it. scripture says it. <laughs> scripture says it. It's good to quote scripture, amen. Especially over your own life and your family's yes. life. It's important that yeah. you do that. Well, they would have had high respect for Peter for sure. Yeah. That's they would have known that, yes. and they would yeah. have just. Over in their heart, remember when Peter did, we got a letter from Peter. Oh, my gosh. Let's just yeah. study it and get it. And can you imagine just, we're so used to having a whole Bible. Right. Could you imagine what it would have been like in that day? I think those people going back to that region, what did they have? They had words that they heard from the apostle Peter and other disciples and like you said, they, you would begin to just write down some things that you wanted to remember. Mm -hmm. But how, no wonder Paul and Peter, I mean, the Apostle Paul made missionary trips to help establish these churches right. in the truth, how important this is. And so I think to myself, look at what we have available to us today. We need to like hold this book in, in reverence. The scripture declares, to those who much is given, much is required. Yeah. I don't think sometimes we think, think that way, but it's very true that we'll be held responsible. Yes. Like we were given multiple ways to be able to read the, the written word of God. And so let's not, let's not forget it. Let's make it a priority in our yes, lives. Yes, there you go. Come and on. so Peter, consider Peter's life. You know, he, when Jesus called him, he's just a common fisherman, they said they were untaught. They were not, yeah. you know, in the schools like the Pharisees and taught all of the Old Testament mm -hmm. scriptures. They knew some of these things, but they were not educated like the Pharisees were. And yet Jesus called 12 people like that to be his disciples. And Peter was one of the closest yes. to him. What amazing stories this man would have to tell. When we just started to think about Peter's life, he was the first to recognize and have the revelation that Jesus was the Son of God. Yes. You know, Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. So a revelation that you are the Son of God. I mean, Peter walked on water yeah, at the Lord's now. command. <laughs> Think about it. He was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead after being four days in the tomb. He saw that happen. Yes. Peter touched and helped distributed the bread that multiplied, the five loaves and two fish. Now, can you imagine, like, it's there and you're part of it, and it's like, this is just going. It's going. I don't. He's part of these miracles that yes. were happening. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing Jesus bright as the sun. Yes. You know, and talking to Elijah and Moses, struck under the power of God. Yes. He healed a layman at the gate, beautiful. Remember, he walks by and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he did. And the man leaps yeah. and jumps. This man has been lame, <laughs> unable to walk, paralyzed. Glory to God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit was so strong on Peter, it's written in Scripture that people would take the sick out into the streets in hopes that even his shadow going by would heal them. And it did. That's some anointed power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when he's locked up in prison, Herod puts him in prison and is going to kill him. An angel comes and releases him supernaturally from yeah. the prison, leads him out. Like, 
He raises Tabitha Come on now. from the dead. He was one of the first ones uh, to see Jesus like in body form, like resurrected body form after he rose from the dead and eat with him. Yeah. You know, on the shoreline, it says that when he came in the Gospel of John. and Consider the testimonies and the stories that Jesus could, or, or that Peter could tell the church. Yeah. In a letter. What would he choose to write in a letter to the church? He didn't write it of his own inspiration. He wrote inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he had experienced a lot of wows, you know. A lot of things, like we, I just mentioned, that he could have written about. All the miracles, signs, mm-hmm. wonders. There you go. The Holy Spirit worked through him in the last 30 years. And, you know, and I think for myself, for the most part, what happens with people is this, some of this stuff would just blow up your ego. Like, wow, God's really moving through mm-hmm. me. Like, he knew that God, the Holy Spirit, was moving through him, that it was the power of the Spirit doing yes. these things. Yet he writes... When we read 1 Peter, you know, he doesn't write about that at all. He writes about how to steward the sufferings that you go through in this life well, like handle them in the power of God. Yes. He talks about living a holy life. He talks about eternal hope yes. that we have beyond this life in Christ. He Ye- talks about so great a salvation Amen. that we've been given. He's like... This life is not all that there is. Remember, you have an imperishable inheritance in heaven that will never fade and wear out. Glory to God. You know, so we're living for that day is Amen. what he's saying. You know, but, but really, if Peter lived in this day uh, with the anointed that rested on his life, he would have been encouraged to be, get on a mega church platform. <laughs> he would have his own TV show. He'd have his own YouTube channel. You know, you know, millions of yeah, Twitter, Twitter followers. Twitter followers. It's like, oh yeah, what is he saying today? He'd have book deals written. You know, he'd speaking engagements all over the place. But the sad part is that American churches, in the last fifty years, have Hollywoodized yeah. a pastor. The gospel and the, if know. anybody would have been idolized, it would have been Peter, eh? Yeah. But that's what's happening today. Every church would have watched what Peter's doing, and we're going to try to duplicate it because we want the crowds too. They would have made an idol out of anything that he wrote or said. (laughs) Yet, really, in this letter, this well, not only this letter, but even the second letter he writes, second, he doesn't recount the miracles at all. (laughs) Even though he preached on the day of Pentecost, three thousand people get saved. These are the people that were there. (laughs) <laughs> these are the same people. All these, all these things, don't get me wrong now, all these things brought glory to God, for sure. Yet here we see Peter, a humble man, whose perspective had, well, with God, you know, has, has really shifted from his ideas when he was younger. What God would call great. Yeah, what God would call great. See, that's what is success. You got to find out what God calls success and embrace it. Amen. Amen. He says, never despise the day of small beginnings. He says, to humble yourself to the lowest task. He says, think of others more highly than yourself. So we're talking about success, we're talking about future glory. We're talking about 
the way our kingdom runs. You know, but Peter, here he was. He was one, a couple of times, actually, arguing who was going to be greatest in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, his younger days. Mm -hmm. You know, now <laughs> he tried to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. Jesus had to rebuke him. <laughs> you know, again, Peter is so proud. The night of Jesus' betrayal, the Last Supper, I'll never deny you. Even if I have to die for you, I'm going to do it. Well, when he comes down to his own hide, what happened? He, did, he denied him, not once, not twice. He denied him three times. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood, praying. He asked Peter, Jesus asked Peter, stay with me. I need prayer. I need, I... Peter falls asleep. <laughs> but Peter, here he is. He puts all the shame of those failures behind him. Yeah. Listen, folks. He puts all those failures behind him because he received forgiveness all the sins all the failures why he writes about it here yeah. because he's sprinkled with the blood of Christ mm -hmm. and then he starts to talk about your, his, your identity you know your great hope and strength in our identity in Christ mm -hmm. We have so great a salvation. Mm -hmm. This little stuff you're suffering now doesn't compare to the glory that's ready to come. This life is not all there is. Mm -hmm. What does God call success? We need to start to live that. Yeah. Because that's what he's looking at. Not the big platform. Not the glorious lights, not the book deals. Here he is, a humble man now. And he brings us back to the salvation that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think, you know, as, as we talked about this last week, that there was persecution going on mm -hmm. the, in the, for the church, you know, from Rome. And they were tolerating Christians, but it was heating up. And Peter knew, I think, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as glorious as signs and wonders are, can be. And we believe in those. We yes, pray for those. We, we want those. <laughs> <laughs> amen? Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Yes. Yet he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write about things that would keep our hearts steady. When the trials and tests of life come. That's right. And to know how to cling to the one <laughs> that we have a living hope in. Amen. And this is when our faith is proven genuine. Like it's when the difficulty comes. We don't like it to be proved <laughs> this way, do we? <laughs> but, but no. <laughs> no. That's when you should say yeah. no. <laughs> but I, I think... Peter, I just, you know, going through like all these things that yeah. he would have been taught by Jesus that at first he did not understand, but given time, just yes. like all of us, you know, time has a way of maturing us as we reflect on, oh, he did say that, and 
Yes, he did say that. And I would, I would think he would remember when Jesus said, some of these people are following me just because of the miracles right. or just because of the free food they're getting. You know, they didn't really want him. They didn't really want to understand their need for forgiveness of sin and, and life that came through and him because he said... Change of life. Yeah, the, the, the change of life. But he said, seek, labor for the food yes. that doesn't perish is what Jesus told yes. the people. But seek the things that are going to endure to eternal life. And then he says, you know, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Like, this isn't really... Your physical bread is, yes, nourishing, but you need the bread that came down from heaven. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. And so Peter, I believe, wanted the church's identity, wanted the, church, the hearts of the people to be anchored deeply in this truth. Like, yes. Jesus is our living hope. Miracles are wonderful, and the, the blessings of God are wonderful. But I still say that when we go through a difficult time, this is when it starts to sometimes shake our faith. And Peter experienced the highs of life, and he also experienced the lows of life because he was imprisoned. Yes. He was persecuted for his faith. He suffered rejection from the government. I mean, the government was putting him in jail. There was a hatred for him and Christians that was growing all around him. And so we, we, we can enjoy, we all want to enjoy like living on the high plane, don't we? We never want to get off of that. But we know that we're, <laughs> life doesn't always just deal us the high plane. That's right. And when things get difficult, and there's not a person in this room would say, well, I've never experienced anything like that. Well, you must have just been born. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why me? Why do bad things happen to good people? These are questions through the ages yes. people have had. I'm serving you, Lord, like Peter could have said. I'm I'm serving you, and yet Jesus did tell him the day is going to come when you're going to stretch out your hands. Yep. He was indicating that you're going to be martyred. And, you know, tradition says he was martyred on a cross. And even we, tradition says he desired to be martyred upside down because he wasn't even worthy to die the way Christ died this way, you know, hanging right side up on a cross. And so when these troubles and trials, tribulations come in our life, we... There's a tendency to get disillusioned, Come disappointed, on. and begin to question God and drift away from the anchor of our soul. And when answers don't come to prayers and the timing that we want and the way that we want, what do we do? Then what do you do? And I think this is why Peter wrote what he wrote. Yes. Because he knew back then I felt the same way. You know, Jesus, you're going to be king. You're not going to the cross. Like, you're going to be king, and we're going to be your favored servants. And this is, we're going to roll, you know, on the high plane here. And the Lord's like, this is not the way of life in the kingdom now. Right. We're in and this And so he world, told Peter, yeah, he yeah. said, you know, remember he said to Peter at the end of the book of John. That's right. He said, feed, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. In obedience, Peter's writing this letter, inspired by the Holy Ghost. You know, the scripture declares there's meat and milk in the Word of God. Meat and milk. To mature, you have to go to the meat. And Peter, again, a brash fisherman, 
He's not going to pull any punches in his letter. Even though he's anointed of God here, he's going to give you meat so you can be strong. You've got to choose meat. And here's Peter. He's, he's, he's gone through life. He's weathered. He's experienced. He's a seasoned man. And he's gained wisdom from God through all of his experiences that his life has given him. He's been pruned. So his faith has been genuine. And this is what he's done. He wants to shepherd and guide these people. He wants to fulfill that and be obedient to Christ. Feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. So he writes this. He writes this. He writes this in obedience to the Lord. And this is how it's going to be, just like what Pastor Mamie says. It's not the miracles that are going to see you through your troubles. It's your personal relationship with Christ. That's it. And this is what Peter is writing. Peter's saying he's guiding these people in how to handle your suffering. We said it last week. You need to steward your suffering well. That's one of the themes in Peter. Don't let it surprise you that you have trouble. Jesus says the whole world will hate you because of me. And again, Pastor Mamie was bringing this up last week. We're in the tolerance stage right now for Christianity. There's going to come a time where there's going to be hatred. Hatred. But he wants the saints to be able to go through that suffering well with joy. He's telling you that suffering and joy can be compatible. He says, lock in on your future hope. The world to come. Christ is coming back and he's going to set up his kingdom. He's writing here about so great a salvation that we possess. Mm -hmm. Don't go off of that. Understand what you have. Look for Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. And he says, learn of me, he's saying. These are things the prophets and even the angels want to look into what you possess, what I possess. They want to know what? Because they see what we have. And we need to awaken to what we have and live it out. You have a brand new identity in Christ Jesus. You were chosen. (laughs) Chosen by God. I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. you. (laughs) He wants everybody. Do you understand that? But you have to yield yourself to him. Or you're not getting any benefits out of it. If you don't learn of him, you're not going to get any benefits out of him. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you don't know what he says, how can you obey him? Oh, it's love. It's love, Pastor. Well, he defines love in here. It's not your love. It's his love. So we need to change our minds. So we're chosen. Glory to God. But we're exiles. We're sojourners. Sojourners. (laughs) A sojourner. Look at what it says there. Somebody residing in a strange country temporarily. That's us. Jesus said, this is not your home. He says, you're not of this world like I'm not of this world. The Bible declares we're citizens in heaven. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
But this goes on here. Look at verse 2 of 1 Peter. Did you hold your finger there? I hope you'll. Yeah, we're back to Peter. <laughs> back to 1 Peter. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> back to 1 Peter. Verse 2, look. It says, you have been chosen to be obedient to Christ Jesus and sprinkled with his blood. This verse defines your purpose in life. Your purpose in life is to obey Christ. And here's the thing. When you know who you are, you will live. You know how to live. When you know who you are, you'll know how to live. When you know who you are, you'll know how to live. And you know who you are because of this book and what Jesus did for us. Yeah. So you're chosen. You have been chosen for a purpose. Yes, just like Pastor on. Steve was saying. Come on. Not to do your own thing. You know, we our mission statement: know God, find purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's not just I'm going to find my. Pur- I'm going to know God, and then I'm going to just do my own thing. I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to dream my dream and make it happen. No, our purpose is to be obedient to Jesus. Christ, you've been chosen to know him, yes, and you've been chosen to live under his lordship. There you go. That is what a Christian's purpose is, to live under the lordship of Christ. And like Pastor Steve was saying, like the lordship, how do I do that? Well, this is, his word is his will. And so this is why we have to become, we cannot say I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ, I've been saved and know nothing about this. Come on now, that's it's, the bottom line. It's impossible because we show our love for Jesus by our obedience to him. And so this is our purpose for living. And so often, you know, we're looking before Christ and even after, but before Christ, we're just looking to the world, all the voices in the world to tell us who we are, all the social media. This is, you know, this is how you're going to find your identity and figure out your own purpose for living. But Jeremiah 10, we looked at this scripture some time ago. It's such a good scripture. Yes, it is. It says, it's not in the way of a man to determine his own ways. That even a man at his best cannot determine his purpose for his life. You could think you are. The world says, look inside yourself and (laughs) dream your biggest dream and go work it hard and make it happen. And, you know, live your truth. Oh, scary. Uh, If it's not this truth. This is why the world is just keeps skidding off the rails more and more because everyone's just redefining truth and trying to make truth. And Come all on. we're getting is more and more confusion. You know, I just heard the other day that another state is going to add a third line to the birth certificate of children whenever they're born. And I think I, this just, when I hear these things, I think a third line. So a baby is born with obvious biological parts what confusion are we throwing into a mind of a child and yeah, even just the whole now. family by saying, we're not sure. The we're doctor going, will say that. How do we do this? Where have we, how did we get here, I want to say. Yeah. Because we have forgotten how to go back to our creator, the Lord and creation of all. And he's the one who will show us our identity Amen. and who we really are. So you were chosen by God for a purpose. And when we're willing to submit ourselves to this purpose, then our life starts to walk the path with God. Yeah. And so our love for Jesus, we cannot say, I love Jesus, I know him. 
Jesus said, well, if you love me, you will obey me. So this word obedience is important. Yeah, come on. I know the world doesn't like the word obedience. I mean, kids don't like the word obedience. <laughs> it's a difficult word, but obedience actually eventually brings joy. Yes, it does. When we understand that it's, there's the joy in coming under his lordship because he's a good father. Amen. And so the tests and trials, why, why is this important? Because the tests and trials of life are going to come to us all. And when we know who we are, we know our identity, we know we're secure in him. It's like Mary said during worship, no one's going to snatch me. The devil's not going to come and snatch you out of the Father's hand. Not if you're walking with Jesus. Amen. It's impossible. And so we have to know that in, when I hit a fiery trial, what's happening? Well, the genuineness of my faith is being tested. Hello. And in Peter, it describes it here in verse uh, 7, so that the genuine of your faith would be tested like gold is tested in fire. There we go. So when gold metal is refined and purified, it's held in the heat of fire. Why? Because the impurities begin to rise to the surface. That's right. And then it's skimmed off, and then there's a genuine piece of, of gold there, pure gold. And so it's the heat that works the refinement <laughs> and making that pure gold come genuine. And it's like that with our faith, see? Yes. In the heat of our tests and trials, now we discover ourselves, what do I really believe? Yes. Am I going to walk away because Why? Why would we walk away from our salvation? We didn't come to Christ in order to just think everything good's going to happen to me now that I'm in Christ. We came to Christ to get our sins forgiven Amen. and really avoid the Worship. wrath of God that is to come. That's right. And so why would we in a trial go, well, I don't need, I don't need salvation anymore? When you think about it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, of course you need salvation. We cling to him. And, and we could, but it works like that in our faith. Like when, when the tests and trials come, what do I do? And look, Peter, I mean, Peter was a good example of this. What did he do when the test came, you know, the heat was turned up? Well, yeah, it was when, his life. When he, said, he was in a spot, well, if I say I'm follower of Jesus, my life is at, at stake here. And the heat was on. Yeah. The impurities come to the top. Yeah, I mean, he flatly denied knowing yeah. Christ. It was like, ah, the impurities of his heart. See, you and I often, we don't know what's in us really when the, when the chips are, when the, the heat is on. You don't know yeah. what's in you. This is why you go through trials and tests. So that comes up. So it can get removed because you want genuine faith. And Peter, he was held in the fire, wasn't he? All his life, if you, if you read about him. <laughs> and he came to the place where he said, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do it in my confidence, my strength, my ability. Yeah. He surrendered to the one who can. Yeah. Jesus said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. And so if we keep denying our weakness and running away from it, power of God cannot work in your life. Yeah, that's right. We want to be refined. You need to be refined. I need to be refined. We can't run away from that. We got to own it. See, there's a sanctifying work the Holy Ghost is doing in us. Just because you get saved, that's not the end. Holy Ghost is kind of refining you all your life. 
conforming you into the image of Christ. He's going to deal with this. He's going to deal with this. And you know what? A lot of times what will be brought up is, is a behavior or a thought pattern or an action that's repulsive to God. Now, listen. You can, you can talk your way out of it. You can, you can make excuses. You can blame other people. You, you could come to your intellect and tell yourself it's okay. You, you're going to go through the fire even yeah. stronger next time. Or, but there's going to come a time, if you don't yield in these situations, your heart will be hardened. You don't want to go there. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go there. Listen, be, it's not, people come out and make all sorts of excuses. It's not my fault. It's that woman you gave me, God. <laughs> hey, watch it. you know we blame God why are you putting me through this well the answer is to refine you because you need it and I think this is what the Lord wants we we need we could be honest we could we can make that choice we could blame and shift and why God and get mad and do all those things or we can be honest with ourselves and let the Holy Spirit have his way in us I mean when we keep in mind our new identity, yes. this, is, this is what helps us to become honest because God's already stamped us with a new identity. You're chosen. You're blameless in my sight. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've given you my righteousness. That's right. I've called you out from the world. Hallelujah. You know, from darkness into, into the marvelous light of my kingdom. Like, look and see who you are. And then he said, I'm calling you to a holy life. You're a son or daughter of God. There you go. So why wouldn't he? This is the work he's calling us to see. So he has to show us the things that we keep going back to. The evil ways. Because look at this, look at this scripture, 14. As obedient children. There you go. It says, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So after a person gives their life to Christ, yeah, you can still feel a pull to go back to old stuff, old ways, old habits. Sometimes old friends that you need to give up, old hangouts. Yep, there you go. I mean, Jesus said, this is why Peter writes this stuff, because I'm sure all these things that Jesus had said come back to him. (laughs) Because he said, nobody who puts their hand to the plow and keeps looking back is fit for the kingdom. Because if you keep looking back and longing for the evil desires, well, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to drift away. But if you think about your identity, you're chosen. Yes. You're blameless. You've been made righteous. Such if we, a great salvation. Yes, if we desire to obey God because of our new identity, Amen. the Holy Spirit will help you get there. We just have to cooperate. Come on. He'll give us the grace to overcome the sin of the past, the ways of the past, if we desire to be obedient children. Yes. And that's where I think most people sit on the fence. I don't know. I don't, well, then you'll sit on the fence all your life. But Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself will what? Will fall, will not stand. That's it. And so if we desire to obey, then God will give, help us to do it. Look at verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy. There we are. So be holy in all you do, for it's written... Be holy because I'm holy. Now, this is a big statement, especially in today's world. You mentioned the word holiness. 
Like, what is holiness, <laughs> right? But God is saying, it is a high calling. Come on now. And Peter wrote this in the midst of a pagan culture that was adulterous and immoral and violent. And it's just like our culture today in many ways. But he's saying, like, you're a child of God. Behold, your father is holy. Yes. And so you be holy. Holiness means a high moral standard. Come on. Our God is just. That's a great place to say amen. He's just, he's merciful, but he's holy. Like around the throne of God, it's, they're not, the, the, the four living creatures aren't saying love, 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 or mercy, mercy, mercy. No. What are they saying? Holy, holy, holy yes. are you Lord God Almighty. <laughs> and so this is a part of our new identity. We have to take this on and agree with it. If you don't want to be holy, you don't want to obey, then I don't know if you're really born of God's Spirit. That's right. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. Bottom line. Sometimes we, we say, I said a prayer a long time ago, but if, if that prayer didn't ha- end up in a true, genuine desire, we're not going to do this perfectly. We're not going to walk out our salvation perfectly, no. but we should have the desires of God's heart. Yes. And I think that's what sets us apart from the world. That we're not going to walk this thing out perfectly, but if we keep pursuing obedience and pursuing a desire, Lord, I want to walk holy like you're holy. I don't yes. even know exactly what that means, but show me. God will do a work in your heart if yes. you do that. He'll show you the imperfections. Yeah. He's good. Look at this, verse 13. We're still in First Peter, right? That's yeah. where I'm at. We're going to close with this verse. <laughs> we kind of switched them around, but this look will be our there. last verse. Yeah, now. look at this. Therefore, brace up your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. You see, there's a wrath to come, Scripture says. That wrath is going to fall upon those who do not believe and, Scripture says, on those who do not obey. Those who don't believe and those who don't obey. There's two different types of people here. One thinks they're Christians, but they don't obey. You're headed for the wrath of God. Here's, uh, let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever used God's name in thing? Do you know that's blasphemy and it's a very serious offense? Have you stole anything? Or that means you're a thief. <laughs> Thou shalt not murder. You know there's a higher calling in the New Testament. It says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Another higher calling. Jesus says if you look at a woman to lust, you're an adulterer. We're going to be judged by his standard, not our standard. Uh, Your good works aren't going to do any good. They're no good. This is why you need Jesus Christ. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is God's standard he's going to judge us by. You know, when you look at all these things, how do we measure up? Are we innocent or are we guilty? See, Jesus is offering so great a salvation right now. Anybody in here or you online? 
It's only through Jesus Christ that you can have your sins forgiven. Remember what Peter said? Sprinkled with his blood. That means you've got to accept that. Then it goes even deeper, like with this whole message. Well, if you're not walking with him, you're not born again. Just put it out there. You might play a game, but it doesn't work. We're here to warn you because it might be too late. If Jesus comes back, the rapture church happens, all hell's breaking loose on this earth. The rapture is where you want to be. See, you, Jesus is calling you right now to repent of your sin and accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Lord, that means master. But you have to choose to be a bond slave. That means I'm going to follow Jesus. I give up my life. I'm taking on his life. <laughs> and you know what? When you do that, the wonderful Holy Spirit comes in. And like Pastor Mamie was talking about, makes you a new creation. <laughs> old things pass away. All things become new. And all things are of God. That means right here, right now, that can happen. Simple. And then you can be filled with the Holy Ghost just like the day of Acts or day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. Because we need the Holy Spirit because He's the one who's going to refine us. Actually, when you get born again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Be holy as I'm holy. I'm asking anybody in here that wants to get born again and have their sins forgiven, I'm asking you, raise your hand right now. And I'm talking to you guys who pretend you're Jesus. You're walking. I see that hand. I'm talking to the people that you pretend you're with Jesus, and then you look at your life, and you're disobedient. It's a warning. It really is a warning. I mean, we love you. I could coddle you, say, you're okay, and let me tell you how good you are and this and that, but that'll do no good. And then Anybody if you else? want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're a Christian, you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and allow the power from on high to come in you. You can be filled today, coming over at our prayer team. Anyone, Anyone else? else want to join this one person who wants to give their life to Christ? Anybody? Don't resist the Holy Spirit. All right. See that hand. All right, let's, let's pray this prayer together, and especially the people that raise their hand. Yes. Just pray this from your heart. You want to mute pray? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me a new creation. I give you my life today. Yes. I surrender to you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.